What's going on, everybody? Cheers. Happy Wednesday and welcome to the With Her Two Hands podcast, where each week we celebrate the women who build, fix, and make the things that make the world go around with her own two hands. I am your host, Bogie. I'm a master mechanic by trade, but I am a firm believer that women belong, well, pretty much anywhere they want to be, but especially all throughout the industrial trades, a place where women generally are far underrepresented. Uh, And so this series is dedicated to them shining a light on all of the amazing women who are kicking butt in the trades every day and who very rarely get their stories heard and a light shown on them. So thank you for tuning in and joining us on this adventure. Uh, It's great to see some familiar names hanging out with us as always every week. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. If you're new here, welcome. Um, This is new every Wednesday. We meet with a new uh, different tradeswoman and every Monday, we release an archive episode. Uh, this series used to live on Instagram under a different name. It was called Trades Lady Happy Hour, and we were on Instagram for about three years before we moved on over to YouTube. So we've been slowly releasing those archive episodes one at a time every Monday. So two times a week, you get to hang out with me and meet another incredible tradeswoman. I want to thank our sponsors this week who helped make this week's episode possible, uh, both ASE and Drive Time, two major names in the automotive industry. Uh, ASE, you're probably familiar with them for their Blue Seal certification and their automotive certification program. But what you may not know is that behind the scenes, they do a ton of work to really help develop the standards of the automotive industry and also help bring up the next generation of technicians, both by training the trainers who teach in auto shop programs across the country, but also throughout all sorts of programs, like an adopt-a-school program where they connect schools with employers to help bring the next generation into the industry and starting off on the right foot. And then drive time is a a used car seller, right? But they're so much more than that. Uh, They have locations all over the country. They employ a ton of technicians, but they have a lot of internal training and they're a great organization with a phenomenal culture that helps people find their home, whether it is automotive, detailing, mechanical, paint and body, you name it, they have a career path and a way to help make sure that you find what your strength is and help make sure that you're successful in the industry. So if you're looking for a new car or a new job, uh, definitely check out Drive Time. So without further ado, I'm going to shut up because we have a fantastic guest tonight. I know you guys are going to love her. I just met her recently in real life at SEMA show and had the honor of sitting down with her and she was on a panel discussion that will be hitting YouTube soon. So keep an eye out for that. Once I have it up, I'll link it in the description for this. Um, But uh, she is a phenomenal young woman. She is a recent recipient of the Jesse Combs Foundation Scholarship. Uh, She's got big plans and while she is very uh, new in her career. She's only got a few years under her belt. She's definitely had some experience. She's got some stuff to say. And I know that she has got a great career ahead of her. So I'm really excited to learn more about her. So without further ado, let's bring on Miss Hannah Stout Ortega. Hello. Hi. Hi, Bogie. Hi, everyone. How are you, my dear? I'm great. I'm great. How are you? I am much better now that I've recovered from SEMA and SEMA sickness. Um, I'm wet. <laughs> I'm 
it's like you need a week of recovery to get over the week of running around like a chicken with your head cut off. No, 100%. Well, it's funny because I told myself that after SEMA, I was going to do nothing for a week. And then I got home from SEMA and my body was like, and now you're sick. So even if you <laughs> thought about doing anything, you're not gonna. So my body forced me to not do anything for a week. So <laughs> you needed it. You needed it. <laughs> I really did. I really did. Oh my goodness. That was your first SEMA too, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was like a whole nother ballpark, you know, cause I've done Sturgis and other smaller events with JCF before, but SEMA was a mind of its own. That was a whole nother animal. <laughs> I, I know we're getting off track here, but I got to hear like what your opinion of SEMA was this, like your first time going, what was your impression of it? It was like, so everybody always tells you how big it is, how massive, like it, you know, put your good walking shoes on, but like, it's no joke for real. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, like it was so much going on, but so much of all like the stuff, you know, that I love. And it was just, it was amazing. I'm like, I have to go every year now. Like this is an annual trip. <laughs> Heck yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't get old. I mean, I shouldn't say that. I've been there for, thir I've gone 13 years now. Um, I wouldn't say it's gotten old uh, because there's still stuff that I haven't seen. Ha yeah, that I said that right. That was grammatically correct, right? Uh, <laughs> there's there's stuff that I haven't seen. But at the same time, like, it gets to be intense. It's like a lot. I'm like, it's the yeah. best worst week of the year every year. I'm like, this is amazing. I love seeing all of my people. And by the end of it, I want to cut my feet off and not do anything for a week. So, you know. Yeah. See, but I had a great first experience because we had the she shed for the first time. Yes. So that was like, that was a game changer, I feel like, because with, you know, without that, without our booth, there was yeah. nothing else, you know, for women to do. But that was kind of like our little safety zone, you know, come sit down and have a totally. snack and take a drink of water if you need to, you know, have a breather. But, and, right? you know, of course, surrounded by all these awesome, supportive, you know, women, like most of the women I met there, you know, were just like, instant friends you know that totally. you know half of them had been there before and you know so it's like hey the bathrooms are here and like the good food's over there you know like it was, <laughs> it was so fun it was just a great experience yeah no that's and I actually I want because a lot of folks may not know what we're talking about with the she shed um I swear at some point we're gonna dig into you but um it's I want to talk about the she shed real quick because I want you to explain yeah. to everybody what it is I 13 years ago I went to my first SEMA I was working under another woman who brought me as like, she was a consultant in the industry and she brought me in kind of under a wing as a mentor. And she tasked me with going around SEMA and seeing if I could find anything that addressed women that was like for women. And we found nothing other than booth babes. And like, that's what we reported back was that there was really nothing for women. Yeah. And you got to be there this year as your first year when not only was there stuff for women, but like, OMG, we blew it out of the park with that. So tell everybody what the She Shed is and what that was like. Yeah. So the She Shed this year was pretty much a collaboration of three women run organizations. Um, It was Girl Gang Garage with Bogey, the Jesse Combs Foundation, um, and then Girl, or sorry, Real Deal Revolution with Teresa Contreras. And so um, kind of to paraphrase what Dana has been saying is, you know, all three of the organizations do all the same events together and we're, you know, we're all in the same circle. So it's like, why haven't we collaborated before? And, you know, and so you came up with the idea and SEMA was the perfect platform to enroll that, you know, just a massive, huge audience. And 
it was just incredible, you know, because we all three organizations have different followings and different fans, you know, and to kind of bring everybody together in one space and have that moment of unity, I feel like was a very, it was kind of like a turning point for SEMA, you know, I'm really excited to see what the next couple years bring. But just, I mean, in the first year, it was insane how many people were interested, you know, even if they weren't, you know, because Real Deal teaching the workshops, even if you weren't taking a workshop, there were people watching the workshops and, you know, then through the workshops, you know, you're learning about Jesse and, you know, looking at the Jeep and just all of these connections start to come together, you know, the more you walk through the booth. And so it was just, yeah, like you have to be there next year. <laughs> you gotta Absolutely. Be there oh. Absolutely. Male or female, if you're at SEMA yeah. next year, we are going to go bigger and better even for She Shed next year. It really was an, an incredible week. And and as Hannah kind of pointed out, like there were so many female trades folks hanging out in the booth that it was kind of the same experience that you get when you come to Girl Gang Garage or when you go to a Real Deal workshop or do a JCF Foundation event. Like you're suddenly surrounded by sisters that you didn't know you had. And it's like amazing to have that moment. It was, it was pretty powerful to see. So um, pretty phenomenal first year you had. <laughs> yeah, it was kick-ass, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, that makes sense because you've been having a pretty phenomenal first several years of your career, haven't you? It's it's had its phenomenal moments, but <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> had some less than throughout. All right. No, it's, I love, I mean, I love what I do and I, I'm ready to do more, so. I love it. Well, let's let's dig in a little bit. Tell the fine folks at home, um, introduce yourself, tell them who you are and what you do. Yeah, so I'm Hannah, obviously. Um, I'm 24. I'm originally from Northern Illinois, um, but I like I left home at 19 and I haven't really been back since. Um, but I'm an auto tech by trade. I graduated from WyoTech in Laramie, Wyoming uh, in 2020. Uh, it was supposed to be earlier, but you know, we had COVID happen and so that was fun. It was a good time, but <laughs> no, so I, I graduated from there in 2020 uh, with an auto and diesel tech degree, um, as well as uh, or certificate, sorry, in a chassis fabrication as well. So okay. um, I'm an auto tech by trade, um, but I would really like to kind of transition into the fabricator side um, eventually. That's what I would like to do long term. So nice. Very cool. So, okay. So when you left Northern Illinois, you, you, you self-describe as you left your home state to pursue a better life for yourself. So were you, were you running to WyoTech? Were you running from Northern Illinois? Was there like, what made you pursue automotive? Like what, paint a picture for me of like how you landed at WyoTech. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's there's kind of like a lot that happened in between because I didn't go directly to Wyoming. Okay. Um, so I was 19. I graduated the year prior from high school. And it was one of those deals where, you know, growing up, my parents, we didn't have a ton of money. It was one of those things where they told my parents told us if we wanted to go to college, it was a matter of scholarships or grants or whatever we could get. So that was like kind of always known in my household. And so coming up on my senior year, you know, I took AP art classes all through high school because that mm. was really, that's my passion. I love, I've always loved art. I've always been creative. Um, okay. I've always been drawing, you know, scribbling everywhere. And so through high school, you know, they didn't preach trades. That really wasn't a an option. You know, I had no idea that was even an option. Uh, excuse me. So I took all these AP classes, thought I was going to go to art school, 
then, you know, come my senior year, life kind of got a little complicated. Um, my dad, I've always worked. I've always had a job since, you know, detasseling when I was like 12. Always worked since then. I've paid for since my own. Since what? <laughs> detasseling. What is so detasseling? Like so it's like every Midwestern kid's like first job. So you pretty much, I think you can start at 11 or 12. Um, and so you get hired on by a crew and it's, you know, like Pioneer and Monsanto corn and stuff like that. And you, they drop you like a busload of kids into a cornfield and you have to go pick the tassels oh. of corn to prevent the cross pollination, which is, yeah, it's very Midwestern. I <laughs> had no yeah. idea. Okay. Yeah. So that's like where you spend all summer, you know, walking down cornfields, picking tassels off of corn. And so for, hey, for a 12 year old, I made really good money though. I was making like nine twenty five an hour. I was making bake. <laughs> that's kind of amazing. Okay. Right. <laughs> so, you know, that was my first, you know, making my own money experience. And I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed having my own money to spend. So anyways, I've always worked. So Okay. Things got complicated my senior year. Uh, me and my dad had some disagreements as all teenage girls and their parents do. You know, my parents divorced young when I was like 12. So right in the middle of puberty and development and everything. And so that was hard. And we had disagreements. I had a lot of back and forth with both my parents. So anyways, roundabout, um, about halfway through my senior year, um, my dad kind of gave me the option slash not option of either moving out or being grounded for the rest of my senior year. And so I was like, I, you know, at that point I paid for most of everything anyway. So I was like, I guess bye, you know? So I got my own apartment. Yeah. Um, I had an apartment with my cousin and a friend that we all shared for the rest of my senior year. And then I moved in with this boyfriend that I had after high school and, you know, cause college obviously wasn't happening for me. And I didn't know what I wanted to do either. Cause you know, I'm like, why I don't want to go spend money to take all these gen ed classes, like to do what, you know, I was like, I don't really have a, an end goal. So what am I pursuing? So I kind of was just like in limbo for a year. Um, I worked at this ranch, this horse ranch I really enjoyed that job, but it wasn't, you know, a career. So I did that for a year and it kind of got to the point where I felt like I was spinning my wheels and I'm like, what am I doing with myself here? You know, like rural farm community, like there isn't anything to do, you know, and I'm not a big city gal. So it was like, stay here, or go to Chicago or something. And, you know, it was like, none of that really is appealing to me. So anyways, I, it was one of those things where I was looking for a good excuse to go somewhere. And so when the opportunity came up on my sister, she's my very best friend in the whole world. She's not my actual sister, but she was enlisted in the Navy at the time. And so her and her husband uh, ended up in Washington state. And so it came about that they needed a nanny because they found out they were pregnant. And so I said, perfect. I said, you know, I can, I'm great with kids, like, let me help you. And so there was a deal worked out. So I moved out there with them for a while. Um, some that was, it was good. I lived in Washington state for almost a year. It was just across the water from Seattle, Puget Sound area, okay. um, hop over. And that was, it was a hard point in my life. You know, I was 19. I just turned 19 a month before, you know, and then I drove 36 hours cross country, just me and my dog to, go live with my sister, you know, and her husband who I didn't know. And so anyways, I got a job at a Goodyear shop. Um, I had worked prior in Illinois before I left at a farm store and we had like a, like a shop type thing. So you could buy your tires and then get them installed at the shop. We did basic oil changes, batteries, stuff like that. And okay. so I had, I had had a little bit of experience um, 
annoying the guys there pretty much enough to where they showed me a little bit of stuff. So I could do tires, you know, all the, all of that. And so that was kind of my in at Goodyear was I was like, hey, I can do this, you know, give me a chance. And they were like, well, we really don't need anybody out here. And so the deal I worked out with them was I was their service rider hybrid. So I would write tickets. And then when we were slow, um, I could go out in the shop and learn whatever was in the shop to do that day. And so I had a really great, I had a master tech there who was really awesome. He kind of recognized me for what I was, you know, a scared, alone 19 year old girl, you know, who didn't really know anybody and didn't know what to do. So he took me under his wing and he was great. I like get emotional thinking about him because like now looking back, I'm like, he was one of those like people that was a, a real male ally, you know, that at the time in that particular shop, I didn't have any like. Looking back now, I had this manager who was very creepy and always hitting on me. And, you know, like, yeah, I was like, I was 19 and he was like 30 plus with kids and a wife. And he was always flirting with me. And it was just like, yeah, at the time I was so naive, you know, but looking back now, I'm like, ooh. And uh, anyways, there was this other kid worked there. So I'm like, no, no, please do it. There There was this kid who worked there who was probably just a year or two older than me. So maybe 21 at the time. And I don't even remember why he didn't like me for whatever reason, but something came about because shortly after I got hired, he got fired. I think it was a matter of he wasn't doing things the right way. And so when I got hired, I have a problem with that. Um, if you're not doing things the right way and it affects my job and the way I do things, you know, and my productivity, that's a problem for me. So, I, you know, I kind of made it known that he wasn't doing things the right way. That probably was why he didn't like me, but that anyways, might do he, it. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, you know, but I remember he got fired, right? And he had this shitty sorry, I don't know if I can cuss on here. Um You do you boo. <laughs> okay, thank you. He had this shitty like air impact for tires, like just you know, a half inch gun. And he threw it away, right? When he left, when okay. he quit. And so I pulled it out of the trash because I didn't have any tools. And I was like, it works fine. Like I put some oil in it and I used it for weeks. And then he came back in to just bullshit with the guys, I guess, and saw that I was using it and took it back because he didn't want me using it. And I'm like, okay. And anyways, I like just remembered that. It was like a total memory that I blocked out of my brain. But I just remember being like going to my manager and being like, what the hell? Like what's his problem? Cause I couldn't do tires anymore without my own impact. You know, I had to go borrow one or something and it oh was just goodness. the whole thing. But anyways, <laughs> so that was, that happened. That was my intro to Goodyear. And okay. uh, so my sister and her husband had their baby and unfortunately he ended up passing away from SIDS um, oh, at about two months old. So that was, oh, God. that was hard. Um, yeah. It was hard for her, you know, and at me kind of being there, I'm like, I love you. And, but I don't know how to help. I don't know what I can do. Yeah. So when anyway, you were a baby we, yourself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We were, you know, and she was very young. She's only a few years older than me. And it's like, what do we, you know, how do we address this scenario mm. in a way that like, it doesn't make it messy, you know? And so anyways, it just ended up being one of those things that we kind of went apart for a while. And so at that point I was like truly on my own because we pretty much cut all communication. It was just like, she needed her space oh, wow. and I needed mine and we're totally fine now, which is Good. like, we, 
we've kind of we've come full circle we were like this all you know it was bullshit but we love each other and we're stronger now because of it that's so good. anyways um sorry <laughs> i keep going off on a tangent here but that's okay i'm so glad that, i'm not the that, only one i'm like the rabbit hole girl and you're like this is awesome see and i was i was worried about being nervous and not knowing what to talk Yo, about she was nervous and didn't think that she was gonna have anything to say now mind you it's like wind her up and watch her go <laughs> I love it. But, You're doing great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, when that happened, that was early 2019 um, was when he passed. And so I, at that point, I was truly on my own. You know, I went out and found myself a little too expensive cabin to rent with my dog and work was my life. You know, that's all I did. I wasn't old enough to go to the club or to the bar or make friends, you know, anywhere. And so I just worked and I kind of worked myself into this like, depression like state of depression because I was like okay I don't hate what I'm doing for a living but I'm like there has to be more I'm like I want to do more I want to learn you know engines I want to learn how to actually take this stuff apart and actually understand what I'm looking at and what I'm touching you know and Goodyear wasn't the place to do that and so I it was kind of like a fate thing like I'm a huge believer of like everything happens for a reason even if it sucks at the time you know there's always going to be a point in your life when you look back and you can appreciate all the bad things that happened. And that's kind of what happened here was like, you know, it was the worst of the worst scenario, but the things that came out of it were, you know, put me on the course that I am today. And so, you know, back to the no money thing, you know, it was always kind of adamant to me that I didn't want to put myself in debt um, to pursue school until I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And so when I started to, get into the world of automotive deeper and started to be like, hey, I could enjoy this and I could really, you know, foresee myself doing this forever. But not only that is it was actually something that I could see, you know, I can provide for myself this way. I don't need somebody else to do it for me. I don't need, an, a, you know, a man to pay my bills. Like if I have this skill and I, you know, develop that into a point where I'm self-sufficient, like no, you can't say anything, you know, I've got my own money. I've got my own means. I've got my skills, you know, like, really you know at 19 that was my thought process because i'm like yeah. i don't want to have to find somebody to take care of me yeah. um my parents you know they had a really weird dynamic growing up and so it, i feel like it just put kind of like a bad taste in my mouth as far as the that you know that role the the whole man taking care of woman um thing but so anyways I, that was never what i wanted i'm like i want to take care of myself and so i remembered that wyotech had come to my high school and i'm like i wonder what about because I didn't remember I paid zero attention to it at the time because that wasn't what I wanted to do and so I looked it up and oh I'm like it's a nine-month program like that's crazy um as it happens you know my dad my dad's military and so he has the GI Bill but he never used it and so how that works is after post 9-11 you can gift your GI Bill to your dependents so uh -huh. Right. It's kind of like a thing nobody really knows about. They don't really talk about it, but it's a huge, like, it's a huge game changer because yeah. it put me through college and I owed zero dollars. Like it Amazing. was, I, it was insane. And so I had 12 months of that to use. So I did 12 months of Wyotech and that was that, you know? And so it Amazing. was, it was insane. Yeah. It, it really, you know, cause that was the deciding factor for me. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to take out a $50,000 loan or whatever it was going to be. And that changed everything. So all I had to do was get myself there and and so convince did, dad you know? to gift you the GI bill. How did that go? Well, on it that was the one thing he had always said he would do for us. Um he, you know, but at the time 
it was four year university. So I didn't really think that I'm like, okay, a year isn't going to make a dent in that. So it, I didn't really think about it. And so that's kind of why the nine month program at WyoTech was like, oh shit, like I can do the entire program, graduate, and then some, because I added that extra class because I had 12 months instead of nine. And oh, nothing, you know, it was like, why wouldn't I go? So it, yeah. I really, like I said, it really was fate because, you know, I hadn't thought about it when I was in high school and then full circle when I really needed it to happen, when I was spinning my wheels, didn't know what to do. It's like, there it was, you know, yeah. I had to do a little digging, but it's like, you always have to do half the work. You know what I mean? Like the, you know, the universe or whatever you believe in, isn't just going to hand it to you. You have to do half the work. I, so, I like that. I like that. Yeah, yes. This, At least half the work, sometimes the more than grows. that, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever read that book where the red fern grows? Uh, maybe a gazillion years ago. Is that from that's that? That's what that's from. Yeah. Okay. It's when he's chopping down the tree and he's like, God, like why, you know, just blow this tree over and make it easy with the wind. And his grandpa's like, nope, you got to do half the work. And interesting. I always remembered that. Yeah. I like that. So, so yeah, that's the point. I ended up at WyoTech. I left Washington. And amazing. Well, I, it's interesting because, you know, I feel like one of the biggest gripes that like I feel like I have about our educational system in general, I mean, there's so many parts and pieces to it, but I I, I hate that when kids are, are seniors in high school and they still have no freaking clue what they want to be when they grow up, like the vast majority is, has no idea. We're forced to make this decision to spend tens if not hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to school when we don't yet know what it is we want and then it's we wind up not taking full advantage of it we wind up spending all this money and going in debt for no reason when like just what a year two years out of high school you've had enough life to give you the opportunity to say oh this is the direction and be going to school because you wanted to and genuinely motivated to take to make the most out of it like that's the difference right like that's huge yeah exactly and it's like that thing like everybody like I felt the pressure I thought I was a huge POS because I didn't go to college immediately after right. graduating you know and it's like you know like I said I didn't even know it was an option you know my high school did kind of offer vocational classes but it was like you got an auto shop and you get welding yeah. And how many women are in those classes? Zero. Right. You know? And so it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, it's, it's there, there's potential. It's just, they, it's Nobody not their knows. agenda. So that's not what they're pushing. Right. Yeah. So I, I want to go back in time a little bit. So you're working at a, a, a country store. What was, what did you call it? Yeah, a feed store? It's, it's called a farm and fleet. A yeah. farm and fleet. And so was, I mean, how, automotive and, and tires and whatnot that wasn't all of what they did I'm assuming that you did other no. stuff there so what were you what was your official job there um so it, it was kind of I got hired as a cashier um and then the lady in the candy department went on maternity leave so I was stocking candy for a month or two okay and then I I think my manager, I had a really great manager. Her name was Val. Like I will always remember her. She, I think she realized like how bored I was. Cause it's like, I, I don't want to sound like a whiner, but I would literally like as a cashier, I would go home and I would like cry from frustration because just standing there all day is so not me. Like I would stand there and it would just feel like hours and hours and hours. <laughs> It'd be like a four hour shift. And I'm like, I've been standing here all day. 
And so anyways, I think she just like kind of recognized that I wanted to do something. And she kind of knew I was like rough and tumble. You know, I was always kind of a Tom girl growing up, but I didn't really like know myself well enough to like know yeah, what I wanted to be or how I wanted to present myself. So yeah. I was just this really awkward kid. And I think she was like, you want something to do? There's an opening in this department back here. And so it was stocking uh tractor parts and chemicals and coolant and okay. oil and, and yeah and then selling tires and from you know I kind of learned part of it um okay. it was kind of hard to do that job because I didn't know anything and they're yeah. like start selling these tires and so I'm like tires yeah so I learned like as much as I could about tires right and then I'm like okay this is cool you know I felt really cool working with all the guys in the shop you know and like all the other girls my age were you know, like in clothing and seasonal and you know all those like girly departments <laughs> but and so and I just felt like hey this is really cool and I enjoy it and so it was that point I turned 18 and so I was allowed to be out in the shop at that point okay. and she was like she's like you want to get out there she's like go for it as long as how, you're not busy and so how cool okay yeah. so it was really kind of happenstance in this first manager that really gave you your first like introduction to any of this kind of work yeah, it's like she was the first one who really had the faith in me that I could do it, you know, because there wasn't in my mind, I don't think there was ever a doubt, but I don't think I ever thought about the fact that I could do it either because right. nobody had told me I could or had given me the opportunity. Um, yeah, I think we talked like on the panel, I told you about my dad um, when I wanted to take that auto shop class in high school and I had mentioned it to my dad after getting this job and working in the tire department because I'm like, this would be perfect to learn more about my job at school, you know, and yeah. he had, he didn't want to go for it, didn't want to sign me up for the class. And so it was kind of like a whatever. Yeah. But you know, at the time, honestly, I was so busy at work, I was like doing school and sports and work, and I was just tired. But <laughs> so you know, it, yeah, she really was like, she got me into That's it. Awesome. She really was the one that made it happen for me. And it's funny you say that because like, she messaged me I haven't heard from her from years and she messaged me a few months ago and was just like hey how are you and I was like hey like you'll never believe like what I'm doing now and I think I even told her I'm like it's totally because of you you know you had the faith to be like I'm not gonna put you know if she wants to work we'll make her work we'll let her work you know and yeah yeah she saw a kid she who needed a challenge and yeah. who wouldn't be afraid of that kind of work and yeah it gave you your first introduction to it and despite dad's negativity about it it was enough that like it planted the seeds right it yeah. planted the seeds such that like you were able to get that that next job at Goodyear and and kind of keep going down that path I love that how cool thank you I, yeah, I hope that you like get to talk to her more and like fill her in on like everything you're doing I'm so curious what her made her like think of that for you like if she had a background in it or like what made her I don't know I'm just curious <laughs> no yeah I'm like I'm curious now too we'll have to ask her be like why me you know like there are plenty yeah. of other employees to be moved around I guess yeah how cool everything happens for a reason all right and so now dad was not a fan of you taking auto shop in high school when you mm -hmm. came back to him and said I want to go back to school and I want to use your GI bill and it's go be an auto mechanic how'd that go over um <laughs> honestly I'm trying to think because it at the time you know I lived in Washington so when I 
um, enrolled, I just kind of did it or I put in my application, I think, and then had heard back that I was accepted. And then, you know, then starts the financial aid. So I think I just called him up and I was like, Hey, uh, I enrolled at WyoTech. I need your GI bill information. And <laughs> I think he pretty much, cause at that point he pretty much knew that I was going to do what I wanted to do anyway. You know, after, <laughs> they really didn't want me to move to Washington. Um, it mm. was, I think it was scary for them just cause you know, the idea, it was a 33 hour drive and I was yeah. alone, you know, not old enough to carry a gun or anything yet. Me and my lab, my super vicious attack dog, um, but you know, and it was one of those things, I think they're, they were both really like, are you sure, you know, are you sure? Yeah. But obviously I was old enough. They couldn't tell me no anyways. Yeah. So I did it. And I don't know. It's been one of those things. I think they're, they've kind of just sat back and seen what happened. Like when they just let me, or if they saw what happened when they just let me do, do my own thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. We had a rocky relationship, me and both of my parents, for <laughs> a long time. It was really, honestly, it was really biotech at that point was when we started talking again because I was at that age when I was like, man, I miss my family. You know, mm. I miss having my family. Like all the petty stuff from my teenage years isn't worth not having them around for. Yeah. And so it, it that's the point when we started to pick back up on our, you know, good relationships. But it was, yeah. yeah, it was really a matter of just, I'm going to do what I need to do and I'm going to do what I have to do. And, you know, if you I guys wanted it. anything to say about it, you should have done so when I was a teenager. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. I have to ask, this is a question that I, 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 I ask often and I think sometimes it really stumps people and I don't necessarily know what I'm looking for here, but I'm curious if you have any like insight, like you, you've had this attitude, obviously, since you were young, you've had this like I'm going to do what I want to do regardless. And like, granted, you weren't exposed to a lot of this stuff when you were younger, so you didn't know about it at the time. But like, you've always kind of been that kid who says, I'm going to go do that thing, even though people are telling me I shouldn't. Um, were you always that kid? Like, did you come out that way? Do you have an idea of like what it was about you or your childhood or like what, like, how did that start and where does that come from in you? Do you know? I know it's a weird question. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, I have a pretty good idea. Okay. I don't know because I'm no psychologist, but <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> um, man, I don't know because I've always kind of just been, I've always kind of had that attitude where, like, especially if you tell me not to or I can't, <laughs> I'm going to do it and I'm going to blow you away because you told me that. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like just part of me has always had something to prove, you know, like I, I'm the oldest, I'm the oldest in my immediate family. I'm the oldest daughter. I've got two younger brothers and I don't know. My whole family's like blue collar. All the men in my family are blue collar military types. And okay. so I've always, I've always grown up in an environment of like, you know, hard work. And I feel like it offended me. Like even as a young kid to hear people say that women couldn't do things or shouldn't do things like you know when like <laughs> this is a really dumb example but you know nope. when like you're cleaning up tables and chairs and they're like okay we need some strong boys to come <laughs> pick up all these chairs I'd be that one with like three chairs under each arm like hobbling like just to prove a point you know what I mean and I, I do I, I do because I resemble that comment yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah like I don't know I feel like it's just 
I've always been that way. I've always wanted to prove you wrong. You know what I mean? And I don't know. Like another example, I'll give you my grandfather has always owned his own construction business um, since ever. And so, you know, we grew up, Papa's building houses. And it's like my, you know, my parents can point out the houses he's built in the community and stuff like that. And so I remember myself and I have three female cousins. We're kind of like reverse. I'm the only female with brothers. And then they have one brother with three sisters. And so the the boys were always going to get to go do stuff with Papa and with our, you know, my uncle, their dad. And I remember we always asked him like, Hey, can we come on the job site with you? Like, let us come work with you. Like, even if it's just bullshit demolition, like something we literally can't mess up just to come out and work with you. And that was never even a discussion. Mm -hmm. Like it was always like a hard no. And I understand I do like getting in the way you don't want a bunch of kids running around and stuff but it was never a problem to have the boys there you know what I mean it was right. a problem to have us girls around and so I just always remember kind of even from a young age being like fine like I'm gonna uh-huh. go do my own cool shit somewhere else you know what I mean and so I love it I really think that's it I just I've always kind of been competitive too I'm very competitive yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, and it was held up to you as like a, it was all around you, but but it wasn't for you. And like, yeah. I, so yeah, it's like that, um, like you 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 can't have it. It makes you want it more and then makes you yeah. want to prove that point. It's interesting that you're the oldest. I'm the youngest and I always blamed being the youngest for the reason why I'm like that. Because I always had something to prove. It was like, I could do it by myself, even though I was like the littlest in the family, right? Like I yeah. always had that kind of attitude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's interesting. Huh. But being yeah. the only girl in a family that said, no, you can't do these things, like that, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. I love and, it. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. I could probably it, talk for hours. About right. It, we probably we probably all could. Um <laughs> so I'm I'm curious. So you you kind of fell upon it. It was it was held up to you as something you couldn't have. It made you want to to kind of be stubborn and do your own thing no matter what. You had happenstance of this manager that kind of exposed you to it. You go off, happenstance puts you kind of needing a job and you wind up working in the automotive industry again. Was there a point, do you remember, was there a point at which you were like, I I really enjoy this and this is what I want to do? Like, do you remember what that, like, what that was that made you say, yeah, I am going to pursue doing this as an actual career? So I definitely, I had some of those moments, I feel like, at Farm and Fleet um, initially because you know, okay. once they did move me, once they moved me to the shop, I was kind of in that same boat at Goodyear, like half service riding, half up front. And so it really made me feel good, you know, to like when I would be up front doing paperwork and then the same guy or whoever would see me out there working on his car, <laughs> even if it was dumb stuff like putting a battery in or changing a tire, you know, I could like, let me tell you, I could sling some batteries in some cars. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I don't know. It just, it was always super gratifying to me. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm classic, classic daddy issues. So like compliments really stroke my ego. And it just made (laughs) me feel like it made me feel useful. I think it made me feel like I had a purpose on top of Mm -hmm. it more than like, yeah, the compliments are nice, but like feeling like I got something done that I, you know, I got something purposeful done, you know, on top of it. Cause I, for so long, like I've come to kind of change my mindset of it, but like on the art scene, 
it's like so underappreciated that like people don't, you know, they're like, yeah, that's a pretty picture, but like nobody appreciates how many hours you put into it or like how many times you restarted and how many, you know, just the little things. And it just, yeah. you don't ever feel, you don't get the same gratification from the customer, I guess, as you do when you feel like you're helping somebody. Um, so there was some of that there. Um, and then definitely mostly at Goodyear, I think, because that was the time I had a lot of free time when I wasn't doing stuff up front and all my paperwork was done. So I, at one point I started like writing my own notes or like my own textbook. I still have it up there actually. Oh, wow. Um, it's like, and I pretty much just found this website that was like, how do engines work? Like what are engines? And it was like, I, cause that's how I remember I have to take notes. I'll write it down or do it. And so without having the ability to go put my hands on an engine, I'm like, if I write all of this down and write pictures and like draw diagrams explaining you know, the different types of engine and the layouts and, you know, what all the components are and what they do and how they work. So I was doing that for a few months. And then I'm like, okay. driving myself crazy, because I wanted to actually do it and had no way to do it, you know, and so that was the point when I started to really be like, I want to do this more, I want to, like, I had the itch, I don't know how to explain it. I had the itch to just like, yeah. go try it, even though yeah. I didn't know if I would be good at it. I'm like, I really want to at least attempt it and so yeah it was I love really, it I mean that was that it was that like, was it I have to all do right. it and then when I did it I was like I'm done you know hook <laughs> <laughs> line and sinker all right yeah. all right how was how was school for you what was that experience like for you school was great honestly um like of all the experiences I've had in shops and stuff there I mean there was always you know a kid or two but Overall, I mean, WyoTech was excellent. When nice. when I went, it was much smaller scale also because um, they had, okay. you know, they went through the whole ownership change. Yeah. Yep. And so they were kind of coming back from that. And so it was like class sizes were perfect. I had a lot of really amazing instructors um, nice. who paid a lot of attention to us. It wasn't ever a matter of like, oh, you're a girl. I'm going to, you know, not come over and help you or not spend time awesome. explaining to you anything like that. But it was great. No, I really, honestly, I miss Laramie. I miss some days. I wish I could go back and just kind of re-experience <laughs> it. Some days, definitely not. But some days I'm like, man, the just, just the nudge in the environment. There's just so much knowledge floating yeah. around that school. It's insane. They have some really amazing top quality that's, instructors. So that's fantastic. And that's fantastic that you didn't have any issues with teachers being weird about you being female. So that's fantastic. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. Very cool. How about getting your first job out of school? What was that like? So I actually, <laughs> I had a shop job during school. Um, nice. Because I had, I worked at a Goodwill. I was good at, on like Goodyear and Goodwill. I worked at a Goodwill because okay. um, okay. when I first got there, there weren't many shops hiring. Laramie's a pretty small, tight-knit town. And so I worked yeah. there for a while. And then they did this whole weird thing where they like fired everybody and restarted. And oh, so I remember okay. like, yeah, right. It was weird. So I remember going into school because I, you know, I would go immediately. Biotech is seven to four. So it's like a full day. And then I would go immediately there to work. And then, you know, that's how I paid my rent. I didn't live in the dorms because of my dog. I wasn't willing to get my dog up. And so I had to pay my rent. So I had to work. And I remember just like panic, like, what am I going to do? Where am I going to work? You know, in this one of my instructors at the time said, I've actually got this friend starting a shop. And, you know, he's looking for another tech and he's like, he's really great. He's inclusive. He's amazing. And so I was like, great, you know, sign okay. me up. So 
I ended up getting hired there and it was a great shop to work for. It was really, it was really like freeing for me. I had so much anxiety when I started there because it wasn't the kind of shop where it's like, oh, you know, I can learn with somebody. They pretty much were like, you're on your own. Like, oh, wow. Like, you know, if you're, if you say you can do these jobs, like you got it. And so (laughs) the first, the first like job I had there was this like I don't even know what it was, like a Buick Lucerne or something, just okay. boatload of problems. Like the transmission was slipping, like it, both wheel bearings, the, I don't, I think I did the power string pump, but then just, it was like a whole mess. The thing had leaks galore. Okay. And so I remember them being like, do you think you can do all of this ticket? And I remember being like, yeah, pretty sure, pretty <laughs> sure. And, you know, because I'd been through, at that point, I would, had been through a few classes at Wyotech. So I had a, I had a better <laughs> idea of what I was doing than when I started. But, I, you know, I, I'd never been an auto tech alone before. And so I remember just being like, all right, well. And so he told me if I could get through this job and, you know, see how it goes, he'd give me a raise. And so I'm like, great, <laughs> you know. So I ended up just knocking it out of the park with this thing like it it, honestly it was a really good confidence booster for me just because it was some difficult jobs you know but for the most part I handled it and got it done with you know very little help and love it he was like great he he was awesome he was thrilled he like immediately like I had a raise in two weeks of working there and it was great he was the kind of boss where it was like if you keep yourself busy and you're working you know come in when you want to work as long as you want to get your stuff done. And so I did. It was great. It worked out perfect too, because it was right when COVID got bad. Uh, and we we went on spring break at Wyotech and it was spring break and we just didn't come back for six weeks. Oh, so geez. I I busted ass at that shop. I think I was clocking like 50, 60 hours a week, just as, lo- as many as he would let me. And at one point he texted me and he's like, hey, maybe slow it down on the overtime. <laughs> but I had nothing, I had nothing else to do. So I was just putting money away and working my butt off and having fun. I love it. I've got to give you some serious credit. I love that you're like, it was a great confidence boost. I'm like, girl, you had to have some serious confidence to be like, yeah, I can do that. Mm -hmm. Yep. I've had like three whole months of school under my belt and I've done some tires and oil changes. Yeah, I could do that. Mm -hmm." Oh, let me tell you, there were a few moments of laying under the car crying for a minute. There was just a few of just like the I just uh-huh. need a minute. <laughs> I'm going to cry real quick and then crawl out from under here and I'm fine. <laughs> uh, but that like, that is life right there, Hannah. Like I absolutely love Literally. it. It's like, I, I, I know that I can do it. I don't know how yet, but I know that I can. I'm fucking scared, but I'm going to say yes anyway. And then I'm going to cry, but I'm going to fucking figure it out. And I'm going to get it done. <laughs> like that is it. Like that's, that's life right there. You did it. Like, Literally. And, and you proved it and you made it happen and you did it and you kicked butt. And I love it. That's fantastic. <laughs> that was it was a great shop. He really that I know you say it really was a great confidence booster for me. Just he had the faith to let me figure it out, you know? And so yeah. he let me do just that, you know? It was well and you convinced really him awesome. that you could, right? Like he had the faith, but like you you had to be willing to say yes, I can. And I think a lot of people, even even more experienced than you, would be intimidated to say that. And you were willing to say, yep, I've got this. And that takes balls. Like, give yourself some credit. Like, <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So tell us, like, what, what brings you to, like, where you're at now? So you're working at this great shop. 
COVID's happening. Wyotech's kind of off for a little while. You eventually do graduate, but like, tell me, like, how did we get to where we're at now? And what's, what's, what's been new since then? Oh man. Yes. I'm like, okay, timeline. So I graduated. Um, <laughs> I hung around Laramie. I hung around okay. Laramie for about 10 months after that. Um, I had to wait my lease out. Um, and then I ended up, my current husband and I started dating. And so we kind of both knew we wanted to leave. Um, just because I mean, Laramie's a great place, but it's the type of town where it's so small. Like there's, you know, there's only so many opportunities for jobs. And then, you know, you have an hour drive in either direction before you even hit the next town. So as much as we loved it, it was just not right for what we needed right then. Um, and so it was really just kind of a leap of faith thing. We're like, all right, where are we going to go? And so we started researching states and found kind of roughly, you know, what we wanted to spend on a place and how to make that happen. And so I have family in Middle Tennessee here. Um, and so I was kind of like, you know, it, it would be nice to be back closer east. You know, all my family's here. You know, I've been out west for so long, so far away. It's like minimum a day drive to get to anybody. And so anyways, uh, Michael got a really good job offer down here. And it ended up just being kind of like a, we'll see what happens. So we found okay. our place um, here got our offer accepted he started working and then I started working and it was great so yeah I started uh, I was at John Deere when I first got here for almost a year and that was great (laughs) nothing nothing yeah nothing against John Deere I'm not gonna name drop any any particular dealerships but there's there's a dealership here the one that I worked for that they don't practice the same the same like values that they preach Mm. and so it yeah you know what I mean I don't I don't like I said I don't want to bad talk any businesses but that's okay it just got to there's there's bad seeds everywhere so it's you know know? there's been a lot there's a lot of wonderful John Deere folks and it probably has nothing to do with John Deere as a company but exactly and the people most of the people that work there are great so it's nothing against anybody it just all in all you know it wasn't the environment for me so Okay. So yeah, when I stepped away from there, that was in May of this year. Um, and that's actually, I kind of took that time. Um, I went through some personal things like immediately after that. Um, I don't mind talking about it if you want to hear about it, but (laughs) so so that happened. It was like left John Deere and a week later, um, I found out I was expecting. And so that was that was it was really exciting for us um and it's it's not hard it's not hard to talk about but i i want to choose my words correctly um okay it was really hard to deal with um just the idea of being pregnant and do, having a career you know and at that point having to find a new job i was really scared that i wouldn't be able to find anything you know who won wanted a female tech but two wanted a pregnant female tech and it's like I know I know that you don't have to disclose all of that but my thought process was like they're gonna find out eventually and then I look like a liar you know Mm. for not saying anything about it and I know it's probably irrational to think that way but you know I haven't necessarily ever worked in the greatest most supportive work environments and so just what I have come to expect is that you know and so it was it was really a struggle, you know, because my husband and I were very excited and 
then, but there was that worry and that stress and that anxiety on top of it. And so that's a valid fear. I think that's a very valid fear. I think women have been dealing with that, not just in our industry, but it through since the dawn of time, since women started entering the workforce is that fear of like, am I going to be judged for just even being able to have a child, let alone actually being pregnant? And is that going to interfere with my career development? 100%. That's very reasonable fear. And, and it was just, you know, I was kind of like, I didn't want to, I was not, I was absolutely not going to give up my career, but I have also, you know, I've had this idea that I was going to raise my kids, you know, I'm not going to dump my kid in a daycare at six weeks old and then, you know, good luck. So it was like this huge thing where I just kind of had this like world crashing down around me moment for about a month. And so I just, I needed my space and whatever. And then um, we ended up miscarrying the next month. And so that was... I'm that sorry. was hard. It's yeah, it's it's okay. Um so that was hard. That yeah. was that kind of put a hindrance on the job search for a minute. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and so you know, I I luckily my husband is amazing. I have the most supportive, amazing husband in the world. Like I can't I'm not going to gush for hours about him on here, but he's amazing. <laughs> and so anyways, you know, he wanted to make sure that I was okay, and so he made it very clear that I needed to go back when I was ready, not not any sooner, not to feel obligated to or anything like that. And so that was, I mean, that was a gift in itself because that yeah. it was two weeks before Sturgis is when it happened. And so oh, I was wow. kind of in this, in this like fog for a while. Yeah. And then, um, I had told Dana I wouldn't be able to make it to Sturgis because of working at John Deere. And so I was like, I have no reason not to go. And so I hitched a ride up with Casey, one of the board members and it was like one of the best things I think I could have done for myself at that point. Cause it's just like, I so needed that. I just needed to be out of my house. But not only that is to like be around these women that mm-hmm. nobody else could possibly understand how that felt for me, how that summer just, I mean, the combination of the job stress and the baby yeah. and everything. And I'm like, you know, my, my mother, you know, she miscarried also and so she kind of but I'm like you just don't understand she was a homemaker so I'm like you don't have to worry about giving up your career for the sake of starting family you know what I mean so that was hard but yeah it was Sturgis was uh, incredible I I mean I talked to Teresa and Dana and I mean all these incredible women and some of them mothers in the industry you know I it was just so I feel like little pieces of my heart kind of got back together like all those just all the women I could just I'm just sitting here thinking about the memories and everything it was that perfect getaway but it wasn't like get away and forget it was like get away and, and heal. process and heal yes exactly it was exactly what I needed really and so that was. I, <laughs> I now wonder Dana says that you're an excellent spokesperson for JCF for Jesse Combs Foundation I I I mean, you just in a nutshell, like I try to explain to to people the value of these female focused communities within the automotive space. And it's hard to explain it, but like you, you just like laid out exactly why there's, there's just things that you don't understand if you're not a woman in a male dominated field. And having that sisterhood, having that connection, having that space that allowed you to feel seen and in your entirety 
is just everything. And I'm so glad that you had that. And I'm so, so, so deeply saddened for your loss. And um, you seem like you're, you're like doing okay and kind of make making your way through and figuring it out. And I know that you're going to be an amazing, amazing mother one day when the time is perfect. And as you said, you got to like trust the timing of the universe and um, it, it will happen for you. And you're going to be an amazing mom, but I'm so glad that you had that community. So glad. <laughs> oh my goodness. Whoo, this is Sorry, heavy, y'all. Serious? <laughs> no, this Sorry. is wonderful. I this this has been such a phenomenal conversation, Hannah. Like, I, I have to look at the time. Oh my god, like we're almost out of time already. How did that happen? This has been such a wonderful conversation. Guys at home, I hope you guys are enjoying this as much as I have been. Um, I'm we're gonna go a little over the hour. Are you okay with that? Okay, because you have big news, you have exciting news, right? You just got. Oh, I do. Tell I us did. Your news. I literally. Yeah. Um. So I've been searching for the right shop for a while. Um. I was really looking for a fab shop, but there's a shortage around here, so I'll mm. just have to open my own. <laughs> but no. Um. I start at a new shop on Friday. Actually, I drop off my tools tomorrow. So it's Yay. a little local auto place. Um. But the potential to make a lot of money is there. So I'm really excited Yay. to get back into it. Wonderful. Congratulations. That is super exciting. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy for you. And, uh, you know, timing is, timing is everything. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So since we are up against our hour, I know that you had, you had mentioned, there's two kind of, kind of final questions I want to ask. So you have this vision for combining your interests, art, cars and trucks, fabrication, and helping others. You, the industry and the trades kind of helped you create a life for yourself. I mean, for anybody who's questioning whether the trades is a viable career path, you're 24 years old, you own your own home, right? <laughs> like you're doing the damn thing, uh, which is more than most 24 year olds are doing. So congratulations on that. The trades absolutely provide a wonderful career path. Um, so you've made a great life for yourself and you're passionate about kind of helping other people do the same thing. Um, tell me about your vision. Do you have a vision of what this this future business that combines all of the things are? Yeah. Um, so I'm still kind of, I have like, I think about this constantly. I wake up in the middle of the night thinking about this. So I'm always coming up with new stuff. Um, but as it stands, so I've always had this, you know, I want to own my own shop. Um, I want to do custom fab. I've had this kind of dream of doing, um, you know, combining the art and the fabrication world, obviously. But I'm also a truck girl, so I'm like, I want to work on old trucks and, you know, I got to throw some cars in there for my husband. But <laughs> I, <laughs> I've i always had this dream, you know, I shouldn't say always for the last few years um, of somehow creating like pretty much what I didn't have as a kid. I want to make a space and I want it all to be free. Um, so it's like money isn't even in the conversation where specifically like I don't want to be like sorry guys but there's a lot more opportunities out there for men to learn stuff than there are for women so ideally there would be like these free classes like maybe like after hours at my shop because you know having the shop space is a huge thing but then having the tools and the equipment obviously but I want to have women and kids like just be able to come do classes like pretty much similar to like what Teresa is doing, but you know, I want to have a permanent base. I want to make it like a thing, like, you know, how you have extracurriculars after school where you go take music classes or art classes. Like I want this to be 
the free activity, you know, for these kids that don't have anything to do or, you know, whose parents can't afford to take them out to do, you know, stuff. Because not only, you know, I know not everybody's going to enjoy it, but like, what if they do, you know, it's not only is that a fun activity, but it's, you're educating yourself and having fun. You're giving yourself the skill, you know, so at 18 years old, maybe some of these kids can just go get a lube tech job. You know, it's like, you don't necessarily have to pretty much the whole idea behind it is I want to make sure that the ability to, or to not go to school isn't even like a question. I know it helps, but think about how many shops are hiring for lube techs. Like if mm-hmm. you can go in there and change oil and change a battery and, you know, change a tire every now and then, like you got a job that pays what 15 an hour people are paying yeah. lube techs right now in some States. Like, you know, yeah. and so that's kind of just the whole idea is I want free education for the underprivileged anybody. There's no excuses at that point. You know, it's kind of just like that, that little kind of how JCF was for me, that little like scooch to just, get them going you know so I that's, love it. that's the dream ideally is I just oh it's a fantastic vision I absolutely love it mm-hmm. and I I see it happening it may not it may not be an immediate thing it's going to take you a while to build that but I see yep. it happening and I think it's a beautiful beautiful vision I absolutely like the love 10-year it. plan <laughs> I think that's fair maybe even before yeah. then you've got yeah. a you've got a tribe of amazing women around you so, uh, I, you know, maybe before then, but we'll see. And if there's anything yeah. I can help you with, you know, I'm a phone call away girl. That is, uh, yeah. that's like my kind of idea. That's like right up my alley. I'm like, yes. hmm, we should right? talk. <laughs> yes. Yep, I've I got land. It. Like I just need a shop to like plop on it. And then... <laughs> All right. All right. All right. We need to talk right? more offline, my friend. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So, um, Final, final question. Um, and side note for you, when you, you have to go back and watch this episode because you got to look through all the comments. You've got a lot of love and a lot of wonderful Aww. folks uh, just just uh, singing their your praises in the comments. So um, make sure you go back and watch that. But my final question for you, and then I'm going to be respectful of your time and let you get on with your evening. Um, if you had a chance to go back and talk to little baby Hannah, younger oh, version man. of you, what are your words of wisdom for her? Mm, I would tell young Hannah, I would tell her not to be scared, um, not to let her fear dictate her choices, to do what she wants to do without fear of judgment, because it doesn't matter anyway, and to just go out there and kick ass, because, man, if I had the confidence that I do now as a teen or a preteen, game changer, <laughs> game changer. So yeah, let that be a message to all the little anybody's who need it. Yeah. Because like, for real, it doesn't matter what other people think of you. It doesn't matter what they say about you. As long as you enjoy it and you're happy, Absolutely. that's all you need. Oh. Well, and and newsflash, it's not just the littles that need to hear that. Like, I think we the all everyone's. need to hear that sometimes, <laughs> right? We all, all need to hear that sometimes. So wonderful words to end on. Hannah, you're fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Um, I definitely understand why you won the JCF scholarship. And I am 
thrilled to know you. I'm excited to watch the rest of your career unfold. Guys watching this at home, make sure you go check her out. Go follow her on social media. Check out what she's up to. And this is one to watch out for because she's going to she's gonna do some pretty cool stuff in the future. I just know it. So thank you so much for saying yes to this, Hannah. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, baby. This was so amazing. My pleasure. Absolutely my pleasure. Folks at home, thank you guys so very much for tuning in and hanging out with us for this hour, little over an hour. Um, I hope you enjoyed meeting Hannah as much as I did. Uh, as always, so great to see you guys. So many familiar names and faces and some new names. Uh, welcome, guys. Those of you who are new here, make sure you come back next week. Uh, every Wednesday, we meet another incredible tradeswoman. Every Monday, we release a new archive episode. Uh, two times a week, you get to meet badass women doing awesome stuff out in the world. Um, as always, if you like this, hit like, hit subscribe, leave a comment. It helps make sure that more people get to see these amazing videos and meet these incredible women. And that's what this is all about. Big thank you once again to our sponsors, Drive Time and ASE for all of the work that they do behind the scenes to make our industry what it is and to help it grow into something even better. And for their belief and support of women in the trades and putting their money where their mouth is. So we couldn't do this without them and we appreciate their support. Uh, but most of all, I appreciate you guys. I'm going to let you go. Have a fantastic evening. Until next time, be good to yourselves and be good to one another. Bye, guys.